Cooper, I just got back into the Welcome great state of home. Texas. Exactly. Gosh, we missed you. The it's air good. is sweeter. The air is now just that sweeter back. that we are close together. Ah, was, I mean, let's. Should we just loud high five for the fans? Let's to do it. Uh, maybe just putting explosions on <laughs> It's good. Handshake. That's good. It's good to be back in the great state of Texas. And if there's one thing that comes to mind when you think of Texas, what is it, Cooper? Bell buckles. If there's two things that come to your mind. Cowboy boots and riding horses to school. <laughs> the answer I was looking for oh, wait, is. The third thing, Bucky's. Bucky's. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 Or yes. an acceptable answer would have been everything is bigger in Texas. Mm, large. Large. Hashtag large and in charge. It, Hashtag Texas for president. <laughs> if you haven't been to a Bucky's before, Cooper, will you explain to oh, them man. in great detail what yeah. is Bucky's? It is the super mall, like mega mall mm. of grocery, uh, not grocery, gas station. Gas station. It's a gas station with, I mean, somewhere between 50 to 100,000 gas <laughs> Also toilets. Yes. And urinals, and that's, all that's, of that. That's kind of the creme de la creme. Yeah. Get what, there. Sorry, sorry. I'll so after there. you park in literally this, I mean, football field worth <laughs> of gas station pumps, yeah. you run the 100-yard dash mm. and you make it to the door. And as you go into the door, it's, it's, it's so big that it's like, there's a automatic door. You walk in, now you're in this like holding cell room as then you go into the actual right. place. Where it's there's so like, big, it has an entry room. The entry room has like firewood, firewood grills, yep. All the lawn chairs. Stuff, which yeah. is like, yeah, they sell grills at this gas station. <laughs> yeah. Which is it's in your local Chevron. This ain't, yeah, that's right. And so after you go in, you're greeted by the most average employees. Yeah. That get paid well. They get paid well, and they're just there's nothing special, but there's nothing no. too bad. No, it's average. Yeah, it's not Chick Fil A. It's not nothing's Chick Fil A. That's correct. Yeah, but you walk in, and depending on where you walk in, the main entrance you walk in to your left, they literally have Bucky's memorabilia like nobody's business. Yes, I everywhere. Mean, they have pillow swimsuits. Let's let's do back and forth. They All right, have yeah. pillow pets, swimsuits. Uh, T-shirts, pop guns, bumper stickers, uh, a onesie, plushies, hats, little like live, laugh, love signs with Bucky on it, a truck, a literal truck <laughs> yeah. in the gas station. Yes. They, and they literally have the truck and that's where they put all like the stuff, yeah, the stuff in the bed of the truck. Yeah. So it's, it's literally massive. You've probably seen a Bucky shirt, maybe without even knowing it. Yeah. It's got like a beaver on it. Of course. Why beaver in Texas? I, I don't know. And I've never questioned it. It's a beaver and it has a red t-shirt on with a hat usually. Yeah, yeah. And from there, you don't really know why it's a beaver, but that is the shirt. There's if we like keep tie-dye, it, there's yellow yeah, They have all sorts. Tie-dye's big. And it's huge. And if we keep moving through the store, there's just food, snacks, anything you can need for a road trip, drinks all along the wall. As far as that, coffee, ices, Icy and like everything. pixie stick makers. Yes, like, the like sugar. Like at the mall, they have like the sugar pour your own pixie stick. It is amazing. So now we move you can past. Hit, you could lose a small child for days. <laughs> like, like, you need a leash. You know, the backpack leash. Yes, with the monkeys. So we move past the sugar, the candy, mm. the food. We get to the creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. The bathroom. That's right. And there is, I've obviously been in only the men's side. Right. I, yeah, I, don't, I can't attest to the women's side of a Bucky's restroom, That's but right. the men's side is unreal. I mean, I was exaggerating about the 50 to 100,000 gas pumps. No exaggeration. There is probably... 40 urinals. There's never a wait. Like, would you agree? There's like legitimately probably 40. I would say more. more. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd say more like an ungodly amount of urinals. It's a massive square room with just toilets all yeah. around the corner. Yeah. Obviously they're enclosed, but it's on every urinals. Yeah. Not the urinals. <laughs> the urinals. Every, not every wall is covered in toilets. Yes. And there's literally a human being. This is the creme de la creme. Yeah. Is there's one person that literally works in the bathroom 
They literally spent hours in the bathroom making sure that it is pristine condition because they know you've just had a hard trip on the road. Yeah. And you need a place to come and relax and unwind. Make you feel like your mama's home. And just and just take a leak, as they say, Zach. <laughs> Here's where this intro is going to take a turn. Sometimes Zach needs more than just a leak. Sometimes. Yeah. You never, I mean, and there's toilet paper there. Right. And for we'll all get the there. things you use toilet paper for, of cleaning course. up messes. Yes. And I'm sure that's what that one worker uses. To yeah. All right. It's just toilet paper. So, like I said at the beginning of this, I just got back from a trip. Mm. Till now, Bucky's has only been housed in Texas, Hoorah. the great state of Texas. That's right. I just got back from Alabama, where Which my wife's from. Sweet home Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. Not it's quite a, Texas. It's not Texas, but yeah. it's a great state. Yeah. Great state. I love it. It's beautiful. If you're from Alabama, leave a little five-star review saying, hey, I'm from Alabama, and I think my state's five stars. Of course. I think it's five stars, minus this one issue I have. Mm, so 5.9? 4. 4.9. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so math major. They, okay, so they plant a Bucky's in Alabama, which mm. I am totally fine with. That Water is it, great. Fertilizer it, and it grows. Yes, and, it's, and it looks the same, mm. all of the same things, nothing to complain about. The kolaches were not as good, I'll say that. Okay, that's good. That's, that's they size. also have those hundred Roasted nuts, almonds. Oh, they just—I think the they candy just have pecans. the smell. They're they just so have good. them in there. I get the them smell. every. I get them yeah, every time. They're so. Anyway, we need to get past the good things yeah, to the rough. We like buckies. So Sponsor, I go. We only wish. <laughs> that we should email them. Yeah, we so should email. If we got sponsored by Bucky's, that'd be amazing. We're gonna email. Yeah, them. we'll email. Stay tuned. Anyway. Monica? Yeah, Monica, will you email? She's already still look at her typing away over there. His fingers are furious. Or in that purple pen. We have to get to the bad stuff of Bucky's. Yeah. So they finally moved out of Texas. There's one, maybe two now in Alabama, but we're in the one in Birmingham. Brand new, very clean, pristine, very nice. Yep. I go into the bathroom to use the restroom. I'm not even using the restroom. I'm kind of inspecting. Mm, Is this up to snuff? I mean, is this Texas yeah, Bucky's? Of course. Does it? You're protecting the brand loyalty. I am. Yeah. I'm worried about Mission Drift. And mm. this is where it gets real. I am seriously worried about Mission Drift within Bucky's. Here's why. Yeah. I sat down to go to the, just to inspect the restroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To inspect the bathroom. As as people do. As people do. Right. We don't want to assume anything why someone would go sit on a toilet. So I'm like, okay, it's clean. Yeah. Our worker in here is doing great. I look over at the, the toilet paper dispenser. There's two issues. Not two issues. <laughs> <laughs> two is issues for my number two. <laughs> no, not a food okay. Anyway, uh, two issues. The toilet paper is maybe one ply. Maybe one. It could what is it, be like you see through. It could be a 0.5 ply. Oh my! It's like tissue paper. You could see through it, and it is put on backwards. No. So it is rubbing no. against the wall as I pull it out. And you're just you're scraping your hand against that nasty grime. <laughs> it's not really. It's nasty, clean. It's, it's clean. Buckies, it's Bucky's. It's like, if so there's were, redemption. Gosh. But that's my two things. So I just want Bucky's to know that I'm worried about Mission Drift. Mm-hmm. If you extend a Bucky's outside of Texas, Zach, I think what I'm hearing is our podcast. We talked about it a long time ago. Yeah, that I talked about breaking off from this and starting a podcast called Potty Humor. Yes, you did. Yes, because and I mean we've talked a lot about toilet paper and <laughs> yeah. the importance of how many fly and the way that it is. I think if there's anything you learn here. We love leadership and we love it. Welcome to the Next Generation Leader Podcast, where we believe great leaders are listeners, especially during their youth. Good leaders learn from their successes and mistakes, but great leaders learn from the successes and mistakes of those who go before them. I'm your host, Zach Funderburg, here with my co-host, Bucky. 
or as they call him, Cooper McCullough. The one, the one ply wonder. <laughs> the one ply wonder. Coop, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing, Zach. Good. I am almost completed with the institute program that Congrats. will take place. Uh, the are the finals taking place? Stand and deliver. Mm. Where we will be called to stand. I'm going to nail that part. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then also the deliver. deliver part might be a little more and difficult. So when this comes out, it'll actually be tomorrow. So if oh. you if you love God, pray for me. That yes. I would remember what I have studied <laughs> and that I would be able to defend what I believe about God's word. I, I, we will be praying. Thank you. You're welcome. It's amazing. Speaking of standing and delivering. Ah, here comes a transition. <laughs> this, this podcast stood and delivered mm, in its message. That'll preach. Let me tell you about it. Tell me. These are my two new friends, Mrs. Janie Cook and Caroline Nix. They are co-founders of a company called O-Venture. Cooper. O-Venture. O-Venture. O-Venture is out there? The O-Venture Adventure. To quote Russell from Up, O-Venture is out there? <laughs> so O-Venture is a company that began, they, they put out a lot of products, but the first big product that they put out was the Big O Key Ring. Mm, have you ever? Familiar. I know you don't have Big one. I'm not a woman. Uh, yes. The, these are four women. All you ladies out there, you got to look up O-Venture. They've got the big key rings that are oversized bracelets, slide uh, through your fingers on your hands, and they Thanks hang on to your demonstrating keys. with his hands <laughs> to know how you put a bracelet on. So thanks yes. for doing that visual you, for me. You're very welcome. Yeah. I know you need that. Uh, you're yeah. a visual learner. Yeah. Anyway, it helps you from losing your keys. And can you say that you know anyone in your life that maybe at one point in time has lost her key? Yes, I can. You said her, so you kind of gave it away. It's my wife. Yes, your bride. This has changed our lives. And I told them this. I was like, thank you for your work. Thank you. Because it saved you some stress. It has saved me stress. Yeah. It saved us time. Our keys are always hung up. We're looking at them right now in the right studio. Now, in the studio, your keys are hung up on a majestic golden ring. Gosh. That can only be from the greatest brand of all time. Oventure. Oventure. It's so helpful. They created a wonderful product, but they're also mothers. They're wives. They're one their little I know. This heart. is just the moms of entrepreneurship. And they didn't Proverbs start this. 31. Proverbs 31 mothers of entrepreneurs. They didn't start this business in college or right out of college. They had been, they're experienced mothers. They've lost their keys a time or two. (laughs) Yes. And that they saw the the hole in the market. They said women are losing their keys and it's unacceptable. And men lose their keys too. Yes. But but men are just, we're not going to wear (laughs) an O-ring on their, on their arm. (laughs) That is so true. Maybe they, they hinted that they were going to have some men rings. Like a ninja star blade or something (laughs) that goes on your arm. (laughs) That is a great idea. Yeah. I'll I'll be in communication with them. (laughs) for you. Anyway, this is a wonderful uh, episode about how they got into their business, how they started, how their moms and their, they went at work and they succeed uh, at home. It's amazing. It's, it's wonderful how they do it. And so it was an incredible conversation. I'm excited to share it with you. Let's do it. Well, here they are, my friends, Janie Cook and Caroline. Adventure is out there, folks. <laughs> Thanks, Russell. Guys, thank you so much for having me in your office. It feels so good to be doing interviews in person again. But I want you to start by just introducing yourself personally. Who are you? And then we'll get into more of the business side later. So Caroline, who are you? And how do you get to where you are today? Okay, well, I'm Caroline Nix, and I grew up here in Dallas. Um, I went to high school at Trinity Christian Academy, and then I went to the University of Texas at Austin. I graduated with a BA in liberal arts. And now I'm married and have two kids. They're 24 and 22. And I guess that's about it. That's right. And Janie, how about you? Um, Yes, I'm Janie Cook. I'm also a Dallas native. I grew up here in Dallas. Um, Went to Hockaday for 13 years. 
And then UT Austin, I majored in Plan 2, which was an honors program. No one really knows what that is. I was about is. to say, what yeah. is Plan 2? <laughs> it was an honors liberal arts program. Okay. And graduated, and I actually had a career in buying, kind of retail buying, was yeah. named in Marcus for a long time, and had two sons who were amazing, 24 and about to be 22 next week. Okay. And met Caroline at UT and reconnected again when our kids were really young. Fun. So this is a unique podcast interview for us. Normally we're just one-on-one, -on -one, but today we're two-on-one mm -hmm. because y'all are business partners and have, have created a business that are helping a lot of people. And I can say that I can attest to it's helped my family uh, as well. Mm -hmm. But kind of what is your business? How did it start? What was y'all's kind of spark or idea? You know, we started in 2012, about April I decided, I was like, I really think we should start a business. And I thought, I'm going to ask Janie if she wants to go to breakfast and just see if she'd be interested in starting a business. And to my surprise, she was like, sure, that'd be great. So um, then we had to come up with our idea. Right. So did you have the idea going into the breakfast? No. So you're just like, I just want to start any business. Any business. So what was your thought when you heard that? Well, I thought I'd love to start a business with Caroline first and foremost. <laughs> right. I thought, okay, we can do this. Yeah. But of course, we needed to come up with an idea. And that's when we started brainstorming. And actually, we started with how could we solve a problem right. or how could we help other women like us? Hmm. And we literally started brainstorming, you know, big to small issues. And fortunately for us, both of us had misplaced our keys on the way out the door that day. So, so it, it was like kind of the providence of that, of you all both lost your keys and you came to the breakfast. We and were a little late to the meeting and, and you know, I find, found mine under a pile of right. papers on the counter and... I don't. You're I was always to... looking all over the house, thinking I lost them, and then they were in my big tote somewhere in the bottom. Right. So that is amazing. That's such a funny way to start. So you have this idea, which most businesses started. There's a problem. You have an idea to fix the problem. So then, what were the next steps for y'all? How did y'all decide we're going to do this? We're going to take the leap of faith. We're going to start this business. Yeah, we had a little bit of pressure because my husband was traveling overseas to um, China. And we thought if we can come up with some plans or a prototype or something, he could take it with him and help us source a factory. Yeah. And so we we literally did a quick market study. I mean, was yeah. there anything like this out there? Right. And we actually went to the mall and kind of competitive shopped all the small leather goods. Because clearly we'd be starting in small leather goods. Right. What women carry around every day. Yeah. And we looked through the and, and I actually had been a sales associate on the floor of a, of a department store, you know, when I was 18 years old. And I said, Carolyn, nothing's changed right. in all these years. And so we thought, you know what? Not only do we do we need to go get this made, but we actually thought we could make a big change in our industry. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, we noticed um, there were some, all the young girls, like my daughter's age right. and everything, were carrying a lot less around than we used to. None of them had the big handbags anymore. They were just carrying their phone and just a little wallet. Yeah. And so we knew that it was kind of everyone was trying to simplify and pare down. So I think I've, I've kind of skipped over what y'all's product was, this business idea. We've kind of told the people you lost your keys. It's kind of what, what, what was the product that y'all created and brought to the market? Well, our initial product that we launched with is the Big O key ring. Okay. And it is an oversized bracelet key ring right. that literally slides over, you know, kind of like a bracelet, but larger so you can wear it wherever's comfortable. So you literally have your keys and anything you're carrying out of the way. So you just wear it on your wrist. And I think many people have seen this. How did y'all get to that idea that it needs to be on our, on our wrist, not like a hook for a, like a bag or something? How did y'all get to that point? We remembered our moms back kind of in the 70s. Mm -hmm. A lot of people had these brass 
key rings that were kind of like a jailer yeah. key ring. And so we remembered that and we thought, well, maybe we can make that better looking, yeah. more fashionable, more, more comfortable. comfortable. And so we kind of got the idea from from that. So were there any ideas or like prototypes, if you will, before the final big O key ring that y'all brought out? Well, we actually launched with kind of what we would call the first generation of our okay. product. Because when we started, we thought it was just an item, mm -hmm. that it would be the key ring and people would carry it hands-free. But we didn't realize when we first came up with it that people would start attaching wallets or phones okay. or anything else to it. So um, our first one was not very strong. So yeah. when you, people started attaching stuff, it was losing. It was kind of that rubbery one. I, yes. I think I remember it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we were like, oh, gosh, that's not good. It doesn't look good. And um, also the clasp didn't lock. It was just open and closed. And so we decided we needed to lock it because people were putting their wallet on there right. or their key fob, which is very expensive to lose a key fob. Yeah. And so the next generation was a strong big old key ring with a locking class. That's amazing. And it's fun to see kind of like the first business, starting a business mm -hmm. point I want to bring up is that what your first idea is, isn't always what you're going to bring to market or what is going to be your big seller. So if you're speaking to someone who kind of has an idea for a business, what is your encouragement to them to kind of keep going and keep kind of refining what your idea is? I love that you asked that question because we always say remain flexible mm -hmm. and try to keep pivoting, innovating, yeah. and really look at what your customer is asking for and what they're telling you. And we literally got our idea to kind of morph the big O key ring into what we now call our well-rounded life hub, that whatever you want to carry around hands-free, yeah. you can pop on your big O key ring. But it was really our customers that started popping things on there, carrying a little wallet, and we thought, hmm, we need to make a better product that's mm. really going to make that work well for them. So how important was it to y'all to kind of like have your eyes up and look to see what the customers were doing? How did y'all do that? Did you do studies or was it just walking around the mall? We started out with home shows. So we sold to a lot of friends at first and got some good feedback yeah. and watched them in motion carrying it. Mm. And that we still listen to our customers. People write us and tell us what color they want or what product they want next and mm. it's really fun to listen to everybody yeah that's amazing to to kind of build that business and have the idea and i know there's so many people who listen to this podcast that have ideas i know i have ideas for businesses all the time but i think it'll never work i, I can never do that no one will ever use it it would never make an impact what would you say to that person who has the idea but needs to kind of build up to the courage to take that jump what did it look like for y'all to just take the leap of faith to go for it even when it was hard well, I think as long as you know, if you have an idea and you know that you would use it mm. or would help you or work for you, and then you've got some friends or some people you know, and you also believe it would help them, you know, just look at who your customer might be yeah. and go for it. Believe in yourself. I mean, that's what Karen and I, it, it is, it's always a leap of faith, yeah. starting a business or launching a new entrepreneurial journey, but right. really, truly just have that confidence. If you've you know, we would say to everyone, do your homework first. Mm -hmm. Don't just jump in without really looking at the market and do you have something new and different to provide? But if you believe you do, go for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And taking that leap of faith is the hard part. And then it gets much easier after mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so easy to just run a business and start a business, which we know is not true. What were the challenges those first few years, first few months? What, what did that look like for y'all? Well, our product was kind of new to the marketplace. So we had right. to really sell it. We had to explain it to everyone. They didn't mm -hmm. know what it was. They didn't know why it would help them. Yeah. 
So the sales, when you first start, are very hard because you're having to explain to everybody how it functions, how it will help them in their life. And we, and then we didn't have any customers. So we were having to cold call, like walk in a store mm-hmm. and just walk up to the counter and ask them if they'll buy our product and try yeah. to explain it. And a lot of that is being clear as well of what this product does, because what someone might see as they walk by mm-hmm. y'all shop is just an O or just a bracelet. But you have to be very clear of what that is and what, how it is going to help them and solve their problems. So what was that like? How did y'all bring clarity to your customers when you're trying to make that sale? That's a great question and so important. And I think we realized early on that ours, we had to bring clarity through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. We, it really wasn't something that could just sit on a counter somewhere or just you see it in a picture and you would know what it did. Yeah. And so we really made the decision early on to talk, you know, sell friend to friend, boutique owner to boutique owner, yeah. mother to daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, we just knew that just the general normal, if you put up a website or take photography, that's not going to get the job done. Yeah. We purposely sold to small boutiques across the nation instead of big box retailers because we knew these people that these amazing saleswomen in yeah. boutiques across the nation would tell their customers about it and explain the product and have it at the cash wrap where they could tell them how it worked. Hmm. Yeah, I think that clarity side is so important to be able to kind of move forward. And in, in doing so, you said that that was y'all's first product. Mm-hmm. Has it grown since then? Have you kind of adjusted or pivoted and seen new needs that people need? And, and what are those products now? Yes, we're all about being hands-free mm-hmm. and giving women extra hand, yeah. um, literally and figuratively. Right. So not only have we added on a bunch of different products that attach the Big O key ring, but we do bracelet bags, um, just handbags that are, again, that women carry around their wrist. Yeah. And we're, we're coming out with a few more hands-free tools, hands-free items this summer and early fall. We're always trying yeah. to innovate and think, what do women want to carry around every day? And how would it be most comfortable and fashionable and convenient? That's, uh, it's so exciting. You have new products coming out. That's fun. Um, let's go back to those first kind of few months or first few years as being entrepreneurs. Was this y'all's first business you had started? Yes. Okay. So what were some of the hardest parts? Some of the things you may not have thought about going in, but they were difficult to kind of push through. What were some of those challenges that you didn't see coming? There were a lot of challenges. Um, you know, sourcing was obviously hard at the beginning to find someone to make it for us and make it well. But we hit lots of roadblocks and we said we felt like little pinball machines because we yeah. hit the wall and we just had to readjust or go to plan B or I think the hardest one of the hardest challenges, I mean, as Caroline said, we always would, you know, bounce back and try right. to not let anything get us down, but it was probably several years in and we'd been working so hard and pounding the pavement and really trying to get our idea out there. And then all of a sudden, someone knocked off our idea. Mm. And so you saw you know, people yeah. imitating exactly what you've done. And that was just really a punch in the gut the I first bet. time it happened. And you question, will we be able to continue? Will they take all of our customers? Mm. And that's when you really double down and say, we're going to do what we do best serve our customers we always talk about our over the top because we're about to yes. over the top <laughs> customer service or little w big o little w wow customer service how can we get a wow and that's when we really had to double down and just say let's really intensely focus on what we do best and mm-hmm. hope that high quality products yeah. you know they're all non-toxic and things right. like that we just think we keep doing it the best way and mm. keep our head up yeah but if you look at our products there's 
there's knockoffs all over Amazon. Right. And, you know, we've had large companies and small companies, and we do own, you know, over 10 patents. And so you think that you can account for that. But I think it's just always probably the best lesson for anyone starting a business is there's always going to be competitors in the marketplace trying to do what you do. And so you've got to be very devoted to your customers and to serving them the best you can. So that first moment that you had heard or you saw that someone else was making a product just like yours, mm-hmm. what were kind of the emotions that you were feeling? Was there anger? Was there kind of frustration? And how did you deal with that? Yes, there was anger and frustration. I remember exactly what Probably it was. more than that, and yeah. I, got, I was in front of the Preston Center Starbucks and I got <laughs> a call from someone who was at Dallas Market. And she actually was a fellow exhibitor and she was very kind to call yeah. us because she said, I remember the first time I got knocked off and it's the worst feeling you'll ever have and I just want you to know that you're going to come walk into market tomorrow to start your exhibit and you've got someone that's mm. knocked you off and I called Caroline and I mean you're yeah. devastated, yeah. you're scared, you're upset, you're mad mm. but then you've got to just not focus on that. Right. And there's tough days in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and you have to push through. And I'm sure there are so many days you're so thankful to have each other to kind of push each other towards that. But if there's someone who's starting a business on their own and those tough days come, what encouragement can you give to them to keep going, to push on because it's worth it? Because you've kind of made it to the other side, if you will. What would you say to those people? I always think find mentors. Mm-hmm. We talk to anyone we can. I love what yeah. you're doing because you know, when we would have tough days, you know, even if we, I would say, even if I didn't have you, we would turn to a podcast or a book or a friend or anyone that we talked to that's walked this road before us. And, you know, we meet so many entrepreneurs starting out at a show and we always want to help them and say, call us or email us. How can we help? And so I think just to realize that there are many people that have walked your road before. I think it's something I've even realized from doing the podcast is that people like y'all who have kind of walked that road are much more accessible and much more willing to do things like this than you think. And I think so many people who are starting a business and they see someone who is so successful and have done it so well that they would never be want to talk to us or come down to our level, if you will, but you really are, you guys, well, they're so kind, trust me, if you're listening to this, but, but they really are so willing to do that. So when you're looking for a mentor, Mm -hmm. what do you look for? How do you ask? How do you approach those, those conversations? You know, we just, um, we'll talk to anyone that will talk to us. When we first started, we were like, would you go to lunch with us? Mm. Would you, you know, take a call from us? Um, and people were so nice and yep. so helpful. And you learn something from every single one of those calls, even if it's just one tidbit of information. It's very helpful. Yeah. I think it's so important to remember that you can learn from anyone at yes. any moment. What it's you so say? true. We always said there's a, there's a takeaway from every conversation yeah. you have. But also, not to be shy. I mean, when we first started out, we actually modeled a lot of our business mm. after Sarah Blakely's Spain. Okay, yeah. And we loved how she took the hosiery industry, which had not changed in years and years and years, right. and kind of created a new spin, yeah. a new way to look at hosiery. And that's what we really wanted to do in leather accessories. Mm-hmm. And so we started writing Sarah Blakely. And then we saw that her catalog had a contest for her leg up award. And you could enter it as female entrepreneurs and have the chance to talk with her on the phone and ask her advice. And so we entered that contest we and lost the first the first time we entered we did not get accepted right we were like oh and then we entered again 
Yeah. And sure enough, we won and we got to talk to her for 15 minutes. It was amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. What did y'all learn from that conversation? That was actually very helpful. Yes. I mean, it was, <laughs> I remember remembering it. when we asked her, who, who is your first hire? Oh yeah. Cause we, at yeah. that point it was just the two of us okay. and we oh, knew really? we needed help. Yeah. And we thought, who did you spend money on? What position? Right. And she actually said her first hire, she hired for attitude and passion, not experience, hmm. which I thought was great advice. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you have someone who's passionate about what you're doing, it doesn't matter what their background is. And then she also said she always kept all of her own PR and marketing in-house because they knew yeah. her brand better than she. I don't know if she still does that, mm. but at the time we thought that was great advice too because even to this day, we feel like we know our brand better yeah. than anyone oh, else yeah. we've worked with. Yeah, so that's so interesting. How long was it just y'all two? Well, let's see. Um, when did Jana start with us? And your mom helped us. We got help from our parents yeah. and Jamie's our kids. Mom. Yeah, our kids. That's so they fun. They worked for free. Like, yeah. We said we would put them in front of the TV and say, okay, we're going to check all this, all these classes and make sure they're yeah. good or you know, do quality control. And then Jamie's mom said, like, I can help you if you need yeah. help. And she started helping us with customer service and mm. shipping. Shipping. Mm. And that's a big thing too, is that people are so willing to help you if yes. you're willing, if you're passionate about what you're doing and, mm -hmm. and you're willing to go for it, people are so willing to come around you and help. Mm -hmm. But when you were looking for that first hire, you said attitude and mm -hmm. passion. Mm -hmm. You said it was Jana who I just got to meet. Yeah. Yeah. So what were y'all looking for? How did that come about? Was it kind of, was it hard to say, we're going to hire somebody, we're going to bring someone on since it had just been y'all two? What was that process? It was hard, but we really needed help. We yeah. really slammed. And she, I had been at dinner with her and she said, Hey, if y'all ever need me help, you know, my kids are, she was, had become an empty nester. And gotcha. she said, if y'all need any help, um, I'm happy to come help. And then she texted me and then we were like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, what's interesting is we did, I think another thing for people starting out on an entrepreneurial journey is be ready to roll up your sleeves and do every single bit of the business yourself. Mm -hmm. Because we did everything ourselves for a long time. Yeah. And it really wasn't until we had no other alternative to grow the business, we needed additional help right. that we hired someone on. But we always joke, you know, we were in construction, you know, we were building market sets, we were in shipping, we yeah. were in marketing, branding, selling, accounting. Account I mean, we had to learn everything. Yeah. I think that's so good to remind people of too, is that you will have to roll up your sleeves and you will have to work hard. Yeah. So again, those days that are hard, they're challenging and, and you really have to push through. And, you're, and again, thankfully you have each other, mm -hmm. but were there things that you had to remind yourself of or, or tell yourself when it got super hard and you didn't feel like you wanted to do this anymore. Uh, you wanted to just close it down, give up. What were you telling yourself in those days? I think it was good having a partner because yeah. I could almost tell like if she was getting, you know, down a little bit, I was like, okay, then I'm going to be the one that's like, okay, we can do this. We're going to do this. Or she it would be the opposite. If I'd be having a bad day and be like, oh my goodness, this is so hard. She would come around and be like, okay, well, this is our plan. This is what mm -hmm. we're going to do. Let's, you know, make a list and what are the, Jamie always says, what are the elephants versus the rabbits and what the big things that move the business forward, let's work on those first and then we'll go down to the small things. Explain the elephants and the rabbits. What does that mean <laughs> yeah, to you? I love, I, I love the Center for Brain Health at University of Texas at Dallas. And one thing that Sandy Chapman, who actually worked there for a while, but she says it over and over again, you know, 
conquer your elephants, don't go chasing rabbits. Mm. And so literally, and because it's so interesting, it's easier to list 10 rabbits and do some 10 small things yeah. rather than the two critical things that require higher thinking. Mm. And so I love that advice. I think it's something Kiran and I always put to practice in our business. So there, on your website, it kind of a tagline says, think big, act small. Is that from that uh, deal or is that something completely no. different? Well, we always think big. We were, when we were starting the business, we thought a lot about what we want to be and how we're going to enter the market. And I guess as we were naming our first product, the big O, we thought we're going to think big. I mean, it is a big circle. It's a big O key ring. And let's think big. We, we literally wrote our business plan thinking that we're going to sell a million O's. I mean, yeah. now we didn't know that we were going to actually make it happen, but we looked at the brand and thought big just as we were starting with one product in five colors. Right. So we're going to have all these other products, but let's start with this one, get our feet on the ground, earn some money back, and then we can expand. Yeah. So true. And thinking big, acting small. Also, when we talk about doing that, rolling up your sleeves, we, we've talked to people that start businesses and they say, oh, I've hired this firm for advertising and I've hired this mm -hmm. accountant and I've hired this branding and packaging. And like, no, no, no. Act like you have you know, really lean and mean, you don't have money in the bank. Yeah. You've got to get out there and hit the pavement, make some sales. And so we still this day act a lot smaller. We're very conservative in terms of, you know, we, we want to, we always think you could have hit rough times around the corner. So mm -hmm. let's be prepared for that. Yeah. If the business hits a little bit of a bump in the road. We also think think big, act small is just in terms of how you approach life. You know, we always want to be humble. Right. We always, you know, want to think. We want that over-the-top customer service. Like when you're a small company, you're like, oh, what can I do to help mm -hmm. you? And we don't ever want to get so big that we're not helping our customers or, mm. you know, putting our customers first. And yes. Yeah. I think a lot of people lose sight of that because you're, if we go back, your original goal was to make things hands-free and to really help and solve a problem. Mm -hmm. But if you lose the, that sight, if you lose that mission, mm -hmm. then it, your business is, it's not wasted, but it's what you kind of lose your mission. You lose yeah. your way. So how do y'all stay on track? How do you stay on your mission every single day? Well, really having a mission that you love mm -hmm. keeps you on track and actually keeps you going through those really tough times yeah. because when we think we can give women an extra hand or make life easier one small detail at a time, mm -hmm. that's a way, you know, why you get out of bed every day right. when it's tough. So we constantly remind ourselves that's why we're here and it mm -hmm. makes it easier to get through the hard stuff. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. We do. We have the nicest customers too who will, you know, just when things are hard, they'll email you and say, This has changed my life. This is so much easier. Yeah. I can find my keys, you know. I have a free hand with my baby yeah. or my coffee or whatever it may be. That's amazing. And you said when you started, and I could have misheard you, but your goal, you had this, this goal to sell a million O's. Mm -hmm. To give perspective, how long did it take for y'all to get there? We're going to hit that this year. Are you serious? Yes. That is amazing. Yes. We have it up on our bulletin board. We're like marking it every month. That is unreal. Congrats, first of all. Thank but even you. just perspective that you have to work so hard and, right. and it doesn't happen overnight no. uh, to get to where you want to go and to get to what your goal is. Um, so it's we an amazing nine story. Years ago. So when you ask how long, yeah. nine years. Nine years. Yeah. Unbelievable. That, I mean, that's an amazing testament to faithfulness and to continued perseverance, but also that it's a team effort and that you guys are moms and that you do have families. So talk about that. What is the home work life balance of balancing being CEOs of companies that are about to sell a million products mm -hmm. and then also being moms at home? What, what is, how do y'all balance that? 
Well, gosh, it's a family business from the get-go. Um, our husbands and our kids have been, we, we, we joke that we're partners. And so in the truth is the word, so she's got a son and a daughter. They're almost like my second children. My two boys are like hers. But they really, they bought in when we started the business. All of them did. And at any given point, I mean, whether it's driving product to stores or it'd be spring break with our, I can remember my boys on their spring break and we'd be driving and, oh, can I just pull over on this side of the road and stop in a store and yeah. see if they'll buy some O's. You know, we're setting up market booths and tearing down. So hmm. I think, you know, that work-life balance, they become part of the the work with you. And, mm -hmm. and then they, I think they loved it. They've mm -hmm. learned so much. They've watched us from the beginning and start from an idea to a full-time business. But um, in balance, we, you know, I think now we just have to get help on things that we cannot do. There's some things mm -hmm. you just can't get to. And no. you do miss out on a few things here and there. And, you know. I do think that was also a strategic, you know, we chose to be co-CEOs. I mean, mm -hmm. number one, we want to really model for women collaboration and yeah. supporting each other and always giving them an extra hand. And we thought working together, running a company really models that from the top. Mm -hmm. But, you know, also it allowed both of us to kind of have that beautiful balance at home where right. if I was going through a rough time personally or same with Caroline, we could cover. Mm -hmm. Or then, you know, I remember we were at New York, our first New York market and um, my oldest son was moving into college, starting college for his freshman year. And so Caroline's like, look, we'll find someone to help me close down the market and yeah. pack it up. And I got to fly home and move Paul into college. Yeah, so we're like, yeah. you can't miss that. Just right. so, you know, mm -hmm. we can cover each other. Yeah, and being able to communicate that as well. And, and y'all started the business when you were already moms. And, mm -hmm. and so that's a whole nother thing that I feel like that a lot of moms could do something like you've done, but there's that fear of stepping out or missing out on things. So what would you tell those moms who have a brilliant idea that they have a problem, they know how to fix it, but they need to step out? What's your advice to them? I think moms are amazing, and I was always I observing. They are working so hard. They're volunteering at the school. They're doing mm. some amazing things. They can juggle a million things. They're multitaskers, and we think moms are great, great people to start businesses. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, I think sometimes moms have such incredible dedication to their kids, and I think they think that if I do start a business or do something that it might take away mm. from my family or from raising my kids, and I think we would both say it's been additive to mm. our kids' upbringing because you make them a part of it. Yeah. And the grit that we see that our all of our kids have from working with us in the business mm. and seeing our hard work and supporting, yeah. it's it's been great for them to be a part of. So I would also tell moms, you know, don't worry that you're always going to be taking away from the kids. You might be actually giving them gifts and an education that they wouldn't have otherwise. Right. Oh, and even learning the business and learning mm -hmm. how to do things like that. So how practically did you involve them? And how did you kind of encourage them with your mission or mm -hmm. making it fun to be around this environment, making it fun to pack boxes or to send things? How did you all practically do that? I mean, we did. We had them quality control. We had them pack. We had them run things to the post office, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But we also shared with them when we hit milestones or goals, like, mm. guys, we did it. Yeah. yeah, we got this. And they were super excited about it. So mm. I feel like they got to share. We would take them to dinner. Like if we hit a goal, we'd be like, oh, we're all going to go out to dinner and mm. celebrate. Or we took them all to dinner when we got on Oprah's favorite things. And we had both of our families together 
So it was and I think something I've even heard you just say just in those last sentences, you probably said we at least 10 times. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's so important. So how do you guys incorporate the we of this is our family? This mm-hmm. is our business. This is what we are going to accomplish. We were on Oprah's favorite things. Mm-hmm. What, what does we mean to y'all? That's it's all about we. I mean, we just hit it because I think it's been it's a family business. It's a partnership of two families, and and anyone that works with us and for us, they're part of the family too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can. Our husbands were so supportive. Yeah. You know, we were just we've been amazed because mm-hmm. they had to live and breathe big O key rings yeah. and adventure for the last nine years, but they love it too. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. And you can't even mention being on Oprah and not tell the story. So how did that go? What, what happened there to be on Oprah's favorite things? Well, that's another persistence story. Okay. Yes, of course. <laughs> We'd love it. We'd love it. We, yeah. we will initially, when we named our product, the O key ring, we thought this has got to be on Oprah. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we started mailing products to her. All the time. Yeah. We would send letters. Oh, Oprah, we would love to be on your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And we never really got any response. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> and then we were at Atlanta Market when it was in a J- July. And we heard, actually one of our cute stores, one of our customers told us that Oprah's people were in the building. Really? And they said, we'll work your booth. You go run fire. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we didn't find them that night. Um, but we went home to our hotel room and we started coming up with every possible email they might have. Yeah. We tweeted at them. We wrote on Facebook, come see us. And we walked into our booth the next morning early, like mm-hmm. right before the market even opened. And they were standing in our booth. And we were no like, oh way. my gosh. We recognized them. It was um, Oprah's team. It wasn't fun when they started with just because you think you should be on Oprah's favorite things doesn't mean we think. They said that to you? No. And they clearly knew we had been mailing to them for months. Yeah. So we got to actually tell our story and talk about the product in person. And it was interesting because the gentleman that was there didn't quite understand it. Right. And then thankfully of course he, didn't. he had a partner and she said, look, I live in the suburbs. I get why this yeah. would be really helpful for women. Mm-hmm. That is so fun. Yeah. Persistence works mm-hmm. and, yes. and never give up on, on something right. you want to accomplish. I want to ask you just really one more question on, on that aspect of you guys are so close. You've known each other for so long. You started a business as friends. Has there ever been tension there? Has that ever been hard on and strained y'all's relationship? Or have you had to say, that kind of boundaries of what it looks like to talk about work outside of work. Um, what does y'all's relation, y'all's friendship looked like when the business started? I think um, when it started, we were great friends. We were doing a lot of activities with our boys and our oldest boys were in soccer together. And then our youngest were in class together and really good friends. But um you know, we had disagreements. We have sometimes where she thinks things should go one way and I think things should go another. And it's kind of like any relationship, you kind of step away, yeah. come back the next day and like think on it and step away for a minute. And then usually we can work it out the next yeah. day. So we really don't have that many conflicts. Mm-hmm. And it's even reminding each other or ourselves that that conflict can be good and can mm-hmm. be constructive and that can lead to our ultimate goal. Yeah, a lot of times she has some really good points. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about that, that's true. Yeah. You know, everyone, um, vice versa. And the communication right. in any relationship is always yep. so critical. And I think we've learned, you know, that 
we are always open with each other and honest. And I think we have the, you know, trust implicitly in each other. And so I think when you have a relationship built on that, but yeah. we're still really good friends. We get to work and we're like, gosh, I can't believe what happened. And yeah. we talk about things that happened the night before or I mean, like your that. desk, I'm looking at yes. it right now. They're literally right next we to each other. Right next yeah. to each other. We look at each, it's really easy to make decisions because we can just wheel across and look at right. her screen yeah. or she looks at mine or we can decide right then and there. We don't have to wait to have a meeting. Yeah. But um, we started the business sitting side by side in Caroline's house. That's so So funny. I literally we only had one desk, so right. we shared it. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't really have anywhere else to sit. I love um, it. So to this day, we still, like to sit side by side. Even if we go out there at night, it is hard not to talk about business. Yeah. We still, we talk about business when we're out socially. We talk about personal things at work. And we just kind of, I guess it just depends on the day. Do you feel like work and life is just kind of merged into one at times? I think when you're an entrepreneur. It kind of has to. It kind of has yeah. to. Yeah. It is your baby. Your right. third it's both of our third children. We laugh like yeah. <laughs> photo shoots. We're like, oh my gosh, they look so cute. Like it's like your baby. Like yeah. you just think it's. Oh, you're talking about the rings. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rings I houses. love it. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. I just, I mean, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's part of just becoming part of you. Like you have mm-hmm. to live out the mission that you want. To, if you want to be successful, you have to be living yeah. out what you want to do. But it's fun. It's not yeah. like we think of it like work. We think of it yeah. as. I don't know. It's, it's never really felt like work. No. Yeah. It's just a passion. What a blessing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yes. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Good for y'all. I want to ask you just one more question. It's what we ask. It's what we end all of our interviews with. Janie, I'll start with you. What advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? It can be about entrepreneurship, just about life, looking towards the future and leadership. What advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? Oh, I love that question. I think I would tell myself not to sweat the small stuff. Mm. Um, I think... As I was younger, I really got caught in the weeds a lot. I really kind of looked at just kind of the small picture. I think really thinking big picture and thinking about what's most important in life. You know, don't let other small things get you down. Don't let them get you off track. But really focus on what's important to you and you'll be happy in life. You know, you'll at least be on a path that brings you towards something positive. Yeah. Caroline, same question. I was thinking that, and um, you know, I have a daughter about to graduate from college, and they're all so worried about what their job will be. And um, mm. I think just get a job. You know, any yeah. job you're going to learn from, don't worry about if it's not the perfect job or if it's not what you see yourself doing long term. Because I think people are going to change careers a lot. Yeah. And I think that just you're going to learn something from every one of those little jobs and you are going to take it with you and help you be more successful in whatever you decide to do long term yeah i love it don't sweat the small stuff right go for it well i was just gonna say too like just how Karen and i were saying everyone you talk to there's something to learn from it's the same with every job Mm. and i literally think if i hadn't sold small leather goods wallets on the floor of a department store that really informed how I believed a venture could propel itself forward in small, you know, so even yeah. this, what jobs you think are not the greatest, 
you're going to learn something from it and it's going to help you down the road some way. That's such a good reminder because I think a lot of people, especially in my generation, are so content, are discontent of where they are and they're always looking towards what the future and what they want to be. They see someone they want to be and they want to be that. But to remind yourself that you can learn something from where you are today, mm-hmm. no matter how mundane it might feel and, and to never sweat the small stuff. Um, I love it. How can people listening get involved with y'all, whether social media, your website? How can they email you? How can they get involved with what you guys are doing? Or how how can they just buy a big old ring if they don't have one which oh, they yeah. should already have one. well we have a website which is oventure.com okay and then we also our social media is shop oventure okay so we have instagram we have twitter perfect we have facebook we'd love people to join the community of oh girls are yeah. the women that carry our product mm-hmm. and oh boys are, are there so many are there guys products do, yes do your husbands carry them boys. yeah we have something called an oh boy it's a money clip that's wrapped in leather because they carry like a binder clip. Yeah. And so we had to make them one that was wrapped in leather. So that's <laughs> I love our it. only boy product right now. Right now. So are you hinting at anything this summer? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I won't, I won't pry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jenny and Caroline, thank you so much for being on and just let me ask you some questions and, and letting us learn. I know it'll be a blessing uh, to everyone who listens. Oh, thank you. Thank you.